0: Sounds different, huh? This this is Tavis Smiley. This is Tavis Smiley commencing his program today in dialogue with Mark Ballard, Washington correspondent for The Times Picayune uh, and the New Orleans Advocate. Uh, We love being heard on WBOK uh, in the city of New Orleans. Mark Ballard, good to have you on. How are you today, sir?
1: I'm doing well, and, and you sound like you're doing well
0: as well. Man, I, if I complained, I'd be an ingrate. I'm just doing doing the best I can with what I have right where I am, and I'm delighted to be in dialogue with you. Let me jump right in and make the most of these minutes that we have um, before we start shifting gears here for the rest of these uh, three hours. Um, but um, while, we're, while we're keeping our eye, of course, and tracking what's happening globally, that is to say, uh, more specifically these days, the Middle East, we also have to keep our eye trained on what's happening here domestically and the big story. Um, uh, of days ago was the election of louisiana's own uh your home state uh, the state you cover of course for the times picayune and the advocate uh louisiana's uh, mike johnson is now the speaker of the house <clears throat> i want to take your temperature on that but specifically uh i want to uh, uh drive this conversation toward uh, the next big issue on the docket and that is trying to avoid or avert if we can uh, another government shutdown your thoughts mark ballard
1: I think that he's uh, aiming, and he's going to get a little bit of uh, help from the uh, ultra conservatives uh, to go ahead and get a continuing resolution to do a uh, to to extend uh, the shutdown into January, February of 2024. Now, you remember that this was exactly what cost Kevin McCarthy his job. But I think that the conservatives are are cutting Mike Johnson a break, if you will.
0: When you say cut him a break, what's fascinating about that for me is they elected this guy who is obviously a, a rabid Republican, and part of the mantra um, uh, that we heard repeatedly from this so-called Freedom Caucus and, and again, the the real uh, the real right wing that now uh, apparently has uh, some outdue influence uh, in the House, their mantra was they didn't want to work with the Democrats. They had no interest in working with Democrats. To pass a continuing resolution would mean a uh, at some level, working across the Iowa Democrats. To your point, that's what got Kevin McCarthy in trouble. So why why do we think? Uh, why do we believe they're cutting Mike Johnson some slack, as you put it?
1: Well, the, some of their uh, big spokesmen have already come out and said, "Well, they they understand the timing of it all, and they'll go ahead and go along with it with a, a continuing resolution." And that people like Chip Roy from Texas, uh, being uh, one of the main. Uh, voices there matt gates uh, who started the uh the whole kind of coup against mccarthy has also said the same thing so i think that there's like a little honeymoon period and they believe that uh, mike johnson is far more conservative than kevin mccarthy was is and uh and so they're willing to to let it slide this time but they're going to uh, i guess in january february we're going to be looking at another crisis
0: Hmm. um politically um what do you what do you make of this notion especially given that we're in a political season we get to january we start moving toward the iowa caucuses and it's 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 on and popping once we get to january with regard to the primary calendar season what's your read mark covering this stuff every day of the danger of continuing to kick this stuff down the road in a political season such as this
1: and that is the danger because we're looking at i guess there are 18 representatives republican representatives who are elected from districts that went for Joe Biden in 2020 mm-hmm. and uh and so they're going to be looking at uh, hey let's get something done that's not crazy and uh, at the same time he's having to deal with about 20 20- of these kind of uber conservatives, uh, from the Freedom caucus who are going to be, you know, my way or the highway. And I think that it's going to be quite a juggling act for Mike Johnson.
0: Um, I mentioned earlier, um, as I said, at least that this so-called freedom caucus and, um, I'm trying to be nice here. <laughs> don't don't want to call them names, but this, this, that group, that group in the house seems to have these days, um, never mind um, the the small, or, uh, relatively speaking, the small number uh, in this particular group. They are wielding some outsized uh, influence these days uh, on matters in the House. How do you read that?
1: I think they've exploited what is a very narrow uh, majority. I believe that the Republicans are two twenty one, and the Democrats are at uh, two twelve, and so you go four votes. You can't do more than four votes or you lose uh, you lose whatever it is that you're trying to do. And these conservatives have exploited that by withholding their votes on uh, procedural matters just to show the uh, majority that they can do as they please. And that seems to have scared a good many of uh, the leadership anyway
0: to Mm -hmm. do
1: as they want.
0: So I said on this program, uh, I guess, a day or so ago, uh, today's Tuesday, so it must have been yesterday, uh, just a day ago, uh, I raised this issue uh, of, of Mike Johnson and how we are learning more and more about him every day when you're when you're caught in a crisis, the way Republicans worry in the House. Uh, and you know, they couldn't, I mean, Mc- McCarthy loses. And then I, I, I've lost track now. Uh, uh, Steve Scalise, I guess is next man up that didn't work out. Uh, Jim Jordan is next man up that didn't work out. So they're, they're worn out and we end up with a guy named Mike Johnson, but it happened so swiftly and so quickly. Many of us believed that even Mike Johnson didn't have the 217 votes that he needed. He got 220. Again, that's in large measure, I think, because they were just tired of the narrative uh, that, they were, that they were a do-nothing Republican Party, the gang that couldn't shoot straight, um, the haunted house, all kind of metaphors uh, were being used to define and describe these Republicans. So they make this move, but they do it really quickly. And so that means, you know, that you don't get vetted really well. Uh, And we're learning the country. That is learning more and more about this guy, Mike Johnson, every day. And there are many people now who um, are concerned that he is literally just too extreme um, in his views to be the leader of our house, Uh, too extreme. Uh, too close to Trump, uh, election denier, all the stuff we're learning every day about this man who is now the third in line to the presidency. I, I, I raise all that to ask, since you are covering these stories every day for the good people in in New Orleans and Louisiana, and given that he is from Louisiana, um, uh, can you give me any sense what they think about him down there uh, in Louisiana and whether or not he represents in his political views the state of Louisiana?
1: Well, and I have this conversation every day. uh, Our paper also covers Baton Rouge, Lafayette, and Shreveport. And and basically, I've been covering this man since he was a lawyer who was representing churches and pastors who were anti-abortion. And he is, I mean, there is not a doubt that he opposes abortion access, he opposes same-sex marriage. He opposes enumerated rights for the LGBTQ community. But we also have to remember that he is from a district, a ruby red district that voted like 80 percent for uh, Donald Trump. But it is two thirds white. It's mostly Southern Baptist. And he is right in the mainstream of his district. And I would argue he's in the mainstream of the Republicans in the U.S. House right now. So that I mean, I, he, people up here were Googling, were Googling crazily on Wednesday when, when he became, emerged as the main speaker candidate, but uh, he has never shied away from what his positions are in Louisiana. And while he may not be popular in New Orleans or Baton Rouge, I can guarantee that, he is very popular in northwest Louisiana.
0: mm mm-hmm. Um, he's, he's given a few interviews, uh, uh, not one to me as yet, but he's given a few interviews, uh, and he said the other day, and this is not a direct quote, but close to it, you know the quote because you cover this every day, um, but people heard him say that his blueprint for leading the nation, his blueprint for being Speaker of the House comes directly from the Bible. The Bible is his blueprint. Now, there are many of us who are uh, uh, spiritual, um, uh, religious, if you prefer. Um, uh, I am personally a follower of that first century Palestinian Jew named Jesus. That's that's my professed faith. Uh, not unlike Mr. Johnson, although we see the world and we see Jesus' teachings in very different ways. Uh, but um, both Christians nonetheless. Uh, and yet it is troubling to hear one uh, in a country where there's supposed to be a separation of church and state Say that his blueprint for being speaker, his blueprint for governing this nation, uh, is and comes from the Bible. Uh, you weren't surprised by that, given that you know this guy and you've covered him for all these years. But uh, how should the country read that comment?
1: Well, I, I, I've always talked and i talked to him about this, and and it's he's saying, you know, that this is the person that he is. He does believe in the separation of church and state. However, you know, some of the uh, the cases that he's taken would make you want to question that, but he says that he's a person and this is, this is his definition of himself. Uh, And it follows along with Southern Baptist teachings. I mean, he's, he's not out of the mainstream as far as, as far as that goes. It's the first time I think we've had someone as religious or uh, who wears their religion on their sleeve the way that he does in you know, just a, right behind the vice president, uh, in the presidential succession. So, I mean, I think it came as a shock to folks here on Capitol Hill who have never really thought about what does that mean. And I think that, uh, he spelled it out exactly that he's going to be looking at the Bible when he needs, uh, uh, to find influence, to find, uh, uh inspiration in what he's doing.
0: Yeah. You know, as, again, as, as, a as, a, as a Christian, I ain't mad at nobody for, for checking with the Bible. Uh, when it comes to their morals and their values and their ethics. Uh, but for your politics, <laughs> you know, <it's laughs> that, 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 that's a tricky situation. That's tricky terrain. In part because if we if we all read the scriptures and came away with the same interpretation, then 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 maybe we could we could we could roll with that. But I know that the way uh, Mike Johnson reads the same text that I read uh, his hermeneutical interpretation is going to be quite different than my hermeneutical interpretation, uh, and therein I think uh, lies the rub. But I, I digress on that point for now. Uh, got a few minutes left. Let me circle back to again the the, the issue, and there are many issues um, that uh, that Mike Johnson has on the docket right now. I'll come to Ukraine here in just a second. Um, but you mentioned earlier, and I think you're right, that hardline fiscal conservatives at the moment are willing to give him uh, some some grace. They have saved some space for grace here initially. But you and I both know that ain't going to last long, Mark Ballard. We talked earlier about kicking this can down the road. At some point, um, this continuing resolution runs out, uh, and these hardline fiscal conservatives are going to end up, I believe, doing ultimately to Mike Johnson the same thing they did to Kevin McCarthy. The question is, how long does the honeymoon, how long does the grace period last?
1: I think that dependent on when that continuing resolution runs out, because what the, what the hard right wants is 12 separate appropriations bills that are full of these social uh, uh, issues that the Democrats are never going to accept and, and the White House is never going to accept. And so we're going to be running in, whether it's February, March, April, May, whenever he's able to get this kick down the road at that point, they're not going to be able to do another continuing resolution, and that's when the same rule that took out Kevin McCarthy will probably reach up and take him out, too. No, it's
0: that's just a... That's yeah. no, I Gutfield. No, I feel the same way. It is... This is just... This is much ado about nothing. It's just a matter of time. Um, it's just a matter of time before these uh, this, uh, these fiscal conservatives uh, come after him, and we're going to be right back where we were. The problem next time around is that we will be smack dab in the middle of a presidential election with our government shut down next question um the flip side of of, of fiscal conservatives giving him uh, a difficult time uh raining down terror on mike johnson ultimately the flip side of that are the democrats um to your point of a moment ago the cuts that they want are cuts that democrats will never agree to and yet in a presidential election season hakeem jeffries has to be very careful it seems to me about how he, about how he calculates when and what they will accept when it comes to cuts, because this thing can turn on you. You cover Washington every day; it can turn on you real fast. If Republicans start advancing a narrative that Democrats won't agree to any compromise, they won't agree to any cuts. Never mind the debt. Never mind the deficit. That story can flip on you, Mark Ballard, if you're a Democrat. This is true.
1: This is true, and I, and I think they are watching it very closely. So far, the Democrats have set back. In the- Say so, you know, you all do it. Do what you want to do. You know, eat yourselves. That's fine. But at some point, there will be a step forward where they're going to say, you know, we need we need to. We'll accept this if you agree to that. And uh, that's where the problem comes in with the uh, the Uber Republicans. And that is that they don't want to deal anything that involves Democrats. Yeah. And so. Yeah, so I think that down the road we're looking at and we're going to be looking at George Santos getting kicked out sometime soon and mm-hmm. those numbers will start dropping and getting ever closer. And I think that's kind of where we're headed for. I mean, it'll be uh, it'll be the uh, election that that will decide that we nothing will happen until the yeah. until the election gets passed.
0: Everybody everybody knows how crazy this guy George Santos is. These stories are just I mean they on the one end they'd be funny if they weren't so so outrageous and so serious. But this George um, this this. <laughs> This Joe Santos story has been fascinating for months now, and yet I, I, I have wondered uh, whether or not they're going to seriously take him out right about now. They need that vote. Um, uh, Johnson needs that vote. Mark Ballard. So uh, I'm not sure that Santos is going to get kicked out as quickly as others do. I could be wrong, but I, I don't see it. I don't see it happening happening too swiftly because they need that vote.
1: I think you're absolutely right. I think that Mike Johnson would love to see Santos leave, but he does not want to lose that vote. Okay. In, in addition to the Bible, he knows how to add and subtract. And, uh, <laughs> that's getting too close well, to the margin.
0: Well, there, there is some addition and subtraction and multiplication and division in the Bible that I read, so it's all in there. Uh, let me close on this note. Uh very, about 60 seconds here. Um, we know where he stands on Israel because he, again, is an, is a, an avowed uh, a Christian, but he wants to separate Ukraine out. Uh, Biden asked for money for you, Israel and Ukraine um johnson wants to separate that out which leads me to believe that what biden wants on ukraine that checkbook may finally that 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 blank check may finally uh, uh no longer be an option for president biden
1: i think uh, well he, i think he was very smart in the way that he's done this uh, johnson is uh, but he has put a lot of people on notice on this and The oh, it's only the uh, very conservative Republicans that are against extending uh, funding for the Ukraine. Right. And uh, so, I mean, I think that that's uh, he's I I think that's where we're going to run into a problem here. Even Mitch McConnell wants to have funding for the Ukraine. And and I think he's, he's doing what he can for his Republican base but he's going to run into some trouble
0: with that. Just a matter of time. That's the key phrase, I think, when it comes to Mike Johnson, the new speaker, just a matter of time. He's going to get Kevin McCarthy at some point down the road. Who do you call when you want to talk about the new Speaker of the House from Louisiana, somebody from Louisiana? Mark Ballard, Washington correspondent for the Times, Picky Yoon, the New Orleans advocate, and we shout out WBOK, 1230 a.m. in the Big Easy. Mark Ballard, good to have you on the program. All the best to you, sir. Thanks for having me. I enjoyed it. My great delight.